Hello, welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're doing a kind of special episode. As many of you know, our most recent episode was on Bionicle Mask of Light, the movie. And we went all through how deep this lore goes with a lot of confusion and apparently a lot of misinformation. And I want to make it clear that Affable Chat is not fake news. Uh, We try (laughs) to stay as accurate as we can here. But it's difficult when you've got lore as deep as Bionicle. Uh, So right after we released that episode, we received an email. Uh, Well, actually, we, we got into a Twitter interaction before we receive this email with the lost bionicle game at l-o-m-n underscore found on twitter uh link in the description to that account and they were mentioning that we may or may have uh, missed a few things about uh we may have said some things that were incorrect about the bionicle lore in general and we said we would you know send us an email we'd love to hear what we got wrong and and they call it our bluff (laughs) (laughs) we got a um i copy and pasted the email into a google doc so joey and i could view it together uh and i did make it 1.5 space but it's eight pages long (laughs) so it's 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 comprehensive it's comprehensive it's honestly we're blown away that somebody would listen to something that we've made analyze it like this and you know give us such quality feedback such in-depth feedback that so apparently i'm not exactly sure the breakdown here but that lost bionicle account is like for that one game specifically the person behind the account uh josephina vineyard or vineyard i'm not exactly sure the pronunciation at qsksw uh she is actually the one who wrote us this email and we thought it was so comprehensive that it was worth making a whole episode about so thank you so much josephina uh let's dive right into what she wrote <laughs> yes so here's how i it's... just want to say before we start this yeah. is it's very surprising that this is the movie that elicited this response i mean like we've done how many movies now like close to 30 now oh no more and, than 30 like and uh this is the one the 70 minute bionicle movie is the one that we got the most wrong about but Hey, you know what? I actually really like this. It's really entertaining to read, and I'm really looking forward to going through this. So yes, and I'm not complaining. To tell you the truth, after spending a little bit of time in just the Twitter Bionicle community on the Affable Chat Twitter account, I'm a little less surprised. I think because there's there's still very much a community out there that uh, are trying to keep track of all the lore. So let's let's go ahead and dive right in. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the beginning of the email here to kind of give you guys a baseline of what's going on. So, hey yo, I run that Lost Bionicle game Twitter and joked with you that you got lots of stuff wrong in your podcast episode about Mask of Light. And then for some reason, you asked to hear what you got wrong. I don't know why you asked that. There's a lot. This franchise is incomprehensible. It's impossible to talk about for any length of time without getting billions of things wrong. But okay, here goes, I guess. And then she leaves a qualifier right off the bat gonna repeat that i don't blame you guys for making mistakes which i think is very gracious I, yeah I, I, she I, is very gracious i i've like even though she's like this title's email and everything is about how much we got wrong we she was like you actually got more than a lot right so i'm pretty happy with it yeah i agree i don't feel uh my feelings are not hurt by this email no, at all i, don't I feel think we great. missed anything that we wouldn't have like that was obvious in the movie you know right um, so let's explore what we did get wrong that sure. may, may or may not have been obvious. So, um, they said, so we talked about, we, uh, how weird it was when they mentioned they needed to protect the Matoran. And I guess, should I just read this out? She said, we need to protect the Matoran is not exactly, we need to protect the humans. While Matoran slash Toa slash Taruga are considered separate species for some reason, they more represent stages in the life cycle of a singular unnamed species. Think Pokemon. Therefore, while not entirely inaccurate, we need to protect the Matoran would more closely resemble we need to protect the children. Yeah, I think this is interesting, especially when she goes into like how they're more manufactured than they are like born and there's there's also this thing about how there's supposed to be no new matoran created and matoran are never supposed to die um yeah the whole life cycle thing of them is kind of it's really interesting although kind of strange and 
I don't know. I just don't, I just, I don't really wrap my head around it. Like, it seems like every Pokemon, right? I guess there's no, like, one-to-one correlation to anything, but every Pokemon eventually evolves into something else, right? But in this situation, the Matoran only sometimes evolve into Toa. Like, there's a way more Matoran than there are Toa. Well, so, wait, do, do all Pokemon evolve? What if they, they don't, did. What if they don't train? Hmm. Maybe you're right. Because Pikachu is famous for staying Pikachu for a long time, right? Yeah, but that was like a controversial thing, wasn't it? I guess. I don't know. This isn't a Pokemon podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think this clarifies it, though, because we were thinking of it more as like, I don't know. I think we need to protect the children is a good way to look at it. It's sure. like they're, they can't do anything to protect themselves yet, I guess. Um, yeah, but then like, but then Jaller, Jala is like the, he's like the leader of the guard, right? He's so like they're putting. So he's like the hall like monitor, kids dude. Involved? He's a hall monitor. Yeah, that's the way I look at that. <sighs> but he, then, like, what? Also, like, what's the point of destroying? I don't know. I guess I'm just confused. Like, mm-hmm. is the are the Rakshi going in there to kill the Matoran, or are they not supposed to kill them and just supposed to wreck their houses? Like, I don't know. Like, they're seekers. Whole, like, they said this I in guess. the movie. They oh, were yeah, they yeah, were yeah. after they're the massive the, light. That's true. But they don't. They totally just like sink that whole city into the into the ocean the ocean of lava so well they shouldn't have built it on an ocean of lava i think that was just part of the carnage they were trying to find the mask and (laughs) things got destroyed okay i i can't i don't know i can't really explain that away but it uh i I think in that part of the movie it was clear that they were looking for something yeah uh okay let's keep it moving so various names of characters this is back to the email various names of characters like jala were originally words taken from the Maori language, I think I'm pronouncing that right. The Lego that that Lego got into some legal trouble over, so they changed. Therefore, you were not misremembering Jaller's name. Uh, it was spelled differently in 2001. Nobody can agree on the proper pronunciation. Hey, that's a put that a gold star on. You know, check one for Joey. Yeah, <laughs> remembering something. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we we did go over that. Um, okay, new. Numatorin are manufactured either by Taruga village elders, or it's not. Okay, it's, we spelled it, we were pronouncing this wrong. Apparently, it's not sorry, Taruga. Sorry, it's Taraga. Yes, Taraga. I and I think I'm leading the charge on mispronouncing that. <laughs> I just think you're thinking of that. Um, what's it? Uh, that parts of the Caribbean town, Tartuga. Oh, uh, Tortuga. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'd be Taruga. thinking of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, Taraga, right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Numatoran are manufactured either by Turaga or some class of god. It's unclear, which as it's never been fully elaborated on. There are examples of Matoran being rebuilt by Turaga, but do not appear to be examples of Numatoran being created. Yeah, this is this is interesting, right? Like how are they how they sustain it? And it's not like like isn't every culture doesn't every culture need to have new members of the species? Like, that's how evolution works. So, like, for that to not be a thing. Right, especially if they can die. Because <laughs> then you just seem like you have a limited amount of... Yeah, but, like, they're not, they're not supposed to die. I don't know. I feel like we're just kind of, like... The more we're diving into this, the more confused we get, so... <laughs> we're going to need another email to follow this one up. <laughs> um, so, but, okay, but, yeah... That is how it supposedly goes. Okay, Um, okay, moving forward. In 2001, two Matoran, other than Jaller and Holly, had a very clear romantic relationship, but later years had a different story, directory that was not directionally involved with the first year, who apparently declared love is not canon. (laughs) This is largely ridiculed by fans. Overall, the writers couldn't exactly keep track of whether or not they were even shipping Jaller and Holly or not. Yeah, this was interesting to me. So, okay, apparently this is qualified as, like, answering my question about how Matoran reproduce. Like, Matoran can't have sex. That's that's kind of what this is supposed to mean. Is that but, canon? Yes. But what, like... Um, so the, the whole thing is, like, what's the point of having a romantic relationship if they can't... If it can't end anywhere, you know? It right. can't lead to anything. It can only be, like, 
good friends, I guess. Yeah. And I heard it described, or I saw it described as asexual versus aromantic. Like, they can be romantic, but not sexual. But, but the, I don't know. Wouldn't that like, imply that love could exist? If they can know. be romantic? <laughs> but like, it depends on your definition of love. Like, because platonic love still exists in the... Okay, you know, fair enough. And they call each other, like, brother and stuff, but I feel like that's very and they symbolic. Yeah. Yeah, fist bumps. That's right. <laughs> our handshakes are hard to animate. Well, maybe they're just taking a page out of, uh, like, tennis canon, and because uh, love means nothing in tennis. So just, <laughs> so they're just, Where are you going with this? Well, I was just reminded of that Donnie Darko quote, what's the point of living if you don't even have a dick? <laughs> <laughs> are the Matoran, like... Uh, Smurfs. Uh, Smurfs, yeah. <laughs> So there you have it. I, I when I get out of this, answer that, that question that I never knew I had a question about. All right, let's keep this thing rolling. The, back to the email. Do they age? See earlier statement about life cycles. Matoran appear to be biologically immortal and do not normally age. They symbologically become yeah. an adult slash if when. Sorry, become an adult if slash when they are chosen to become a Toa, as seen in the movie. And then at the end of their symbolic adulthood, they are able to become a Turaga to pass on their Toa energy to new Matoran for them to become Toa. It's a whole thing, I guess. Which that makes sense. Does it? <laughs> and it, it at least explains how we have the, the different... <laughs> the different people in this one, right? These yeah, are the, yeah. the Toa of now. And I think I either on the podcast or off the podcast, I think you mentioned to me that the uh Turaga used to be Toa. Yeah. So that yeah. and that and, and she does mention this in the email too, that the Toa you see in or the Turaga you see in this movie used to be the Toa from the thousand years ago. Right. So that makes sense. I think sure. that at least clarified something for me because yeah. I was very unclear as to how any of that worked. The life cycle, is, it's different and interesting. Okay. Next, back to the email. Franchise creator Al Sweeney Boy. What? That's, <laughs> that's his name? <laughs> or is that A1 Sweeney Boy? That's definitely a one, isn't it? Yeah, A1 Sweeney Boy. Or Swiney Boy? This has to be a username, right? Or is that, <laughs> what is... It's a boy. Mrs. Sweeney Boy. What do you want to name your son? A1. Because <laughs> he's going to be an A1 guy. He's going to create a franchise that's extremely complicated. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll make podcast after podcast trying to decipher uh, Yeah, it. trying to explain but this. Little A1 Junior here is going to have so much, so much depth there. Are you uh, are you doing some quick out. research for the franchise creator of Bionicle? Well, you keep looking. I'll read the rest of this. Okay. Franchise creator A1 Sweeney Boy originally wanted there to be only four Toa representing the classical elements of earth, fire, wind, and water. But Lego wanted to sell toys in waves of six. The story team eventually came up with more clearly separate and defined elements. But in the beginning of the fr- of the franchise... It was seemingly a bit rushed, hence stone, earth, water, and ice. Which is obviously we criticize them having six, but it seems like yeah, they even exactly. kind of like this time just that. totally verifies what we were saying. Yeah. That, like it seems like they didn't know what they were doing. And um Yeah. I don't know. She's very like apologetic for the franchise in this email, like reading through it. And like she's saying like, oh, like all these things that don't make sense and all this stuff that's that's kind of wrong, but clearly she has this great love of it and everything. So I don't know. I, like she was very, she was very considerate of our feelings. Um, right. And so I don't think we were getting a very good interpretation of why people are like are passionate about Bionicle. At least maybe this movie isn't a very good representation of, of how that works. Well, sure. I, I think that what I'm getting is that this is just a snapshot of one tiny part of what makes Bionicle Bionicle. And there's like so much more to know. And I think the more you know, the more you can forgive some of the maybe like unanswered questions. But I mean, obviously, there's if you can get into anything enough, I think that you can decide that it makes sense enough for you. 
Because uh, sure. there certainly is a, a lot of information involved here. They answer a lot of questions, but I feel like some of those answers open up new questions. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, and then they have to try to figure out how to cover that. And right. Everything. Well, I mean, I mean, like they, it's it's like obvious, right? Like they were they were like, okay, we have these six guys, you know, we have to create a storyline around them. But we, every year we have to come up with a new six guys, and we have to come up with a storyline around them. So you know, you like write yourself into a corner so easily by just the the very concept of Bionicle. And yet they made so many iterations of it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm selling it now, people are still obsessed with it. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about like having a uh, a franchise that is propelled by the success of selling a toy, right? Because you could write you. I'm not saying that this is what happened, but you could potentially have an iteration of Bionicle where the lore is just certifiable garbage. Again, I'm not saying this has happened or hasn't happened. I don't know, but it could sell like garbage, but the toys could look so cool that kids buy them more than the, the toys that had a good story backing them up. And then you can just go make more lore because you have the, the capital. Your franchise is a success, whether your lore makes sense or not, right? You, that's yeah. something that a lot of other stories can't rely on. That's what Star Wars did, I would argue. That a uh, fair, yeah, agreed. You know, like George Lucas made the the prequels, maybe not because I mean, partially, I think, to tell a different story, but I think mostly for toy sales. Yeah, I think my it was the it was the toys that was motivating him to create more Star Wars movies. I think my uh, bigger fish toy that I had from Episode One <laughs> would agree with that <laughs> statement. Uh, so, were, were you able to find the franchise creator? I was not. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but, um, Wikipedia has no answers for me. That's fine. We'll, we'll we'll keep it moving. We'll we'll. I think that I think we can believe Josephina with a one Sweeney boy. That sounds that sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm adding that to the list. For my robo son <laughs> for his name yeah when he's finally when he's finally uh when Built. i boot, when i boot him up yeah i'm gonna consider a1 are you gonna upgrade him occasionally and then he'll be like an older version of himself uh yes but it'll only be when i can steal that older version from another one that will also become an even older version it'll just be iterations mm. and iterations but oh that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so the older version will still exist. It'll just be like the mentor for the newer version. Right. Well, eventually I have to be able to turn my robo son off, right? Isn't he when his his life has to come to some sort of organic end? I don't know. Well, his Does whole it? his whole purpose is to be my robo son. So I I hope somebody Yeah, but isn't the the point of family to like outlive you? Real family, not my robo family. They're just there wow. to <laughs> My robo family. Let your robo son hear that. My robo family is there to uh, is is to be a placeholder. You're not my real son. I built you. Yeah. <laughs> Put my robo oh my son God. in my coffin with me. Okay, moving forward. Your robo son's gonna have so many problems. <laughs> so you uh, do you want to read this one, Joey? Oh, yeah, this sure. Is one that you brought. So uh, Takua, uh, I I don't I I'm gonna ruin my streak of saying things correctly. The Takatanuva, the swole boy who comes out of the puddle after dudes fall in, this is from the very end of the movie, might have resurrected Jawler because he thought he was supposed to, maybe? It was established in one of the final official works of canon that Matorn were never supposed to die, ever, but the mechanism that was supposed to resurrect them broke at some point. I think it was supposed to be maintained by Matt Nui and it just fell into disrepair when he took, went nap time or something. Yeah, this is just echoing what we've already talked about, how the life cycle of Matorn is really interesting and different, you know, especially since they were, they're never born and they never die. They just, like, evolve into older versions. Yeah, now that I think about that, wouldn't there just be a whole bunch of, you know, taru Taraga just laying around? Eventually. It just depends right? how long it takes them to get there. But, yeah, I think if you ran but that's the, the only natural end, enough. you know, on an infinite time scale, and there's only you can only move in one direction... Toa can't become a Torin. So they, they can't die. So they'd all just become a bunch of geezers being wise together? <laughs> yeah, so no one would be wise too. It's a each other. In my day, it's like, that was also my day. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. <laughs> <sighs> just like this story, it's very unsustainable, this Torin life cycle. Interesting. 
What if that's like if they keep if they kept on making Bionicle sets, eventually that's all there was was just like really lame <laughs> Turago with bad like mobility, like they couldn't bend and like yeah, turn. they were like they creak a lot and stuff. Yeah, and they're like we talked about how it's a little bit disappointing that it, at least in this movie they don't really use the swords as anything. Like mm-hmm. they would just stop having swords altogether and stop doing any sort of powers. Like like Turago with or uh, yeah Turago with the power of knowledge like <laughs> comes with like a Turago little book. with the mask of dad jokes yeah <laughs> with the mask of like perpetual sports watching and like comes with like a couch <laughs> mask of not knowing how to like oh man it wouldn't be great if like they have a bunch of old guys and they don't know how to work the technology <laughs> like all the, all the new like magic stuff has come up like i don't know how to work any of this and they're projecting oh, themselves okay i was i was actually later on we talk about some of the powers of the masks but i was thinking about what if there was somebody who had like the mask of like social media or something like they could Ooh. totally change the culture for these <laughs> for the matoran you know and like lead them in a new direction because i mean like living around lava that definitely changes the way you live your life like yeah. being able to do stuff like that like where if well we'll get to it because it, it talks about the technical definition of what an element is and uh, oh yeah that was I interesting have, i have yeah i have opinions on that anyways back to the email Takua was originally a silent antagonist in a Flash game and a Game Boy Advance game, and hence already felt familiar enough to fans that it was deemed unnecessary to establish his character as likable, with a question mark. His characterization serves as intended, but very obviously leaves him as a character without much substance. If this movie is how you're introduced to the franchise, it isn't a good idea to make things like this. And... (laughs) What I got out of this is Takua was meant to be an antagonist, and that's what I felt like he was in this movie. Yeah, at least. Oh, really? He was well, not. You mean li- like the technical definition? No, I mean in like the sense where I wanted him to lose because I didn't like him. Very uh, much. I just I got that this was like he was just he's already established character. Right. No, but uh, like that's what they're literally saying here. But I. I don't know. I, I feel like of all the characters that we get introduced to and learn things about, he's probably one of the most in this movie. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure if he does have like a he does have like an introduction, kind of. Well, sure. I mean, like, as much as anybody else in this movie, yeah. uh, if not more, right? Because we actually get to find out what his like job title is. He's the chronicler. Hmm. So, anyways, okay. I guess what I was trying to say in a more complicated way is I didn't like him. <laughs> I don't like him either. <laughs> okay. More on the email. Puku was the correct guess out of your many guesses at the name of the crab. And I want to be clear, I guess I wasn't I wasn't guessing. I just couldn't remember and I was, couldn't find it in my notes quick enough. Luckily, Joey gave me the alley-oop. Uh, and then we just started laughing really hard because what a ridiculous name. There is no real explanation for why the agency of a crab is respected more than the agency of a bird. Both are used as transportation throughout the franchise. So that's a, that's a gold star for you. Yes. I, I'm looking out for birds' rights, except ducks. Dude, yesterday for Thanksgiving, uh, instead of having a Thanksgiving turkey, because like, I don't have any family here in Oklahoma, and a bunch of my uh, coworkers don't either, so we went to a dim sum restaurant and got a roast duck for oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah? Oh, dude. Was it good? I can't stop thinking about the duck. Like I, I've been like last night I had like a fever dream where I was like, ah, ah, like, and I was just like, I have to get back to the duck. I have to eat more of this duck. Is, have you ever had roast duck, dude? What? <laughs> have you ever had roast duck? No, I've never had roast duck. At all. It'll, it's not. It'll change. It hasn't changed my life. It was, <laughs> it is so it's very fatty and it's yeah. just, it's just an amazing bird. I, I again I don't want to seem like I'm anti like American tradition or anything but I think the turkey maybe there's a ch- like maybe we should give the turkey a year off every once in a while and let another bird be the main dish I'm just Let's saying see. because ducks yeah. we're uh, people we're missing out on these ducks also the right. di- the restaurant we were at ducks. was handing out those ducks all over the place so people wow. were people were trying to get an alternative to their turkey a- anyways that's just a topical I can't believe you still believe in birds Believe in birds? <laughs> birds aren't real. Well, how are birds not real? Where, where is yeah, this coming from? Just look at the evidence. What's the difference between bro- birds and drones? <laughs> I can eat birds. Is that is that enough proof? 
<laughs> Manufactured, man. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, we're, let's try to keep this podcast in, going in the bionicle direction. Um, <laughs> um, okay, the Toa... Okay, sorry, the Toa's elemental powers. Here we go. And their mask powers are unconnected. The six or 12 masks per Toa that they collect in 2001 do all the same powers across each Toa. Sh- uh, shielding, speed, strength, water, br- water breathing, levitation, x-ray vision, invisibility, mind control, night vision, translation, illusion, telekinesis. Holy, what? And, <laughs> and they do redeem the complete set of six for a free golden mask with all the mask powers at your local Walgreens, but they lose that when they transform into new toys after they fall in some goo after fighting some bug queens in 2002. All right, I kind of lost myself halfway through reading that. So, <laughs> Still thinking about birds? Still thinking about that duck? And honestly, um, I got thrown off by the Walgreens thing. Is Walgreens oh, yeah, part no, of that, the canon? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this I talked about this. I mentioned this in the our last episode. But yeah, basically they they collected the the six masks. Each of those masks is, different, is like their shape, but a different color. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like there's a there's like a red guy's mask, but it's but gold. There's a green one. There's a white one. and Everything. Oh, he oh. Get, he gets all six of those, um, and then he can turn them in for a free. He can redeem them for a free golden mask at your local Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> right that's where you, yeah it's just where they do it but um then they lose these apparently i didn't know this they lo- they lose those and then transform into new toys the new bionicle the toa nuva that we see in this movie um after they fall into that goo so um okay and then she goes on to say the masks they currently have our second set of the first six masks they collected before but they also can share their mask powers with nearby beings like wi-fi it's really unclear. <laughs> that is unclear. So, yeah, so they do kind of share powers. But we're like, the powers don't matter, which is confusing. But also, like, I guess that helps because if you had to establish six different characters and all of them having different unique powers, and you had to differentiate between ice and water. <laughs> you might need more than 70 minutes. You I might guess. need more than 70 minutes to tell the story. Okay, and that I guess so they can share their mass powers with nearby beings. Is that kind of what they did when they combined their for, like strengths to defeat the Rakshi? Yeah, I guess so. When they got to the, although it seemed like they were acting independently, right? And it, it kind of seemed like they were combining their powers in a like way that was specific externally. to them. Yeah, well, externally yeah. definitely, but uh, also in a way that was specific to them, like the yeah. uh, the tornado that turned into glass, right. Yeah, it's like earth, which is like sand and stuff. That makes sense. Plus fire, which yeah, it only took both of them. It wasn't the, you know, the the, the earth guy couldn't summon fire, right? Or at least he didn't. Maybe he just wanted everyone to work together, get the get the message across. Because I, I from I reading this, I'm understanding that potentially just through Wi-Fi, they could he could potentially have pulled that off if he had like the energy or something, or make like a smaller I feel like version of it. Of all of these, X-ray vision is probably the weakest. <laughs> like by a lot <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah what are you looking at is that, is that helpful for like medical reasons or see through yeah, walls and, like x-rays can't go through anything you know can't they like aren't they blocked by like certain types of metal oh definitely isn't that the whole uh like lead definitely blocks yeah. them that's what they put all over you at the dentist yeah which i always yeah so, i always think like, about that yeah like of like levitation between levitation and x-ray vision there's like a big <laughs> discrepancy there telekinesis is pretty good too like yeah. i can i can definitely see that one with the with the rocks but i mean you could probably see that happen in this movie yeah not much night vision is pretty good too also speed which i'm not sure with that is that just running <laughs> is there obviously have bigger legs than, i don't know like, the well, I, I mean you can go really fast I mean that's pretty awesome. You can, yeah, I'm a fan d- of that. Yeah, I don't see surfing on here. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so I I think I remember this that uh, the the red Toa's mass power is shielding, which is why he can surf on lava. Oh, he like shields the 
mm. that like his swords or whatever from the lava. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you ever seen Spy Kids 3D? I have. Do you remember when they surfed on lava in that movie? Yes. And the movie was cool. And their grandpa's like, "Ride that wave, Junie." <laughs> 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 that uh that's a, yeah, it that's is a, a great. That'd be a good one to do for the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I, I just had to find my uh, red and blue 3D glasses. <laughs> I, saw, I might have some right here in front of me. Really? I, th- th- that movie was great. I watched it so many times in my home. It combined everything I love. Spy Kids, video games, and 3D glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazing. Okay. Let's keep it, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, back to the email. Teradax was the name of the story editor's World of Warcraft character before it was repurposed for Bionicle. And that fact almost makes it funnier than if the character had been Harrison or Steve. I agree. That is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good World of Warcraft name. Teradax. Teradax. So it, it makes sense. Yes. Did you ever play World of Warcraft, Joey? No. Me neither. I couldn't afford it. I always played RuneScape on the free I was version. Ne- I never got into MMOs. Ever. You never got lo- you never got level ninety nine wood cutting. No, am I supposed to know what that is? It's <laughs> that RuneScape thing. <laughs> That's like major RuneScape clout. If you have a level ninety nine cape for wood cutting, everyone's like, "Whoa, watch out!" Like that guy, that guy sank Not a me. lot of his time into cutting well, virtual me. trees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I I bet I wonder if that respect transfers over to like real life lumberjacks. Like, <laughs> how many trees have you cut down and like? If the number that he can calculate matches the same amount in RuneScape, that'd be, like, super impressive. I wonder if you could buy that guy a real-life uh, level 99 woodcutting cape. I understand that this reference is missed on you, Joey. Yes, but it is. understand <laughs> level 99 woodcutting is very respected on the internet. <laughs> all right, let's talk about like, something. We Of all the people that would probably respect that, it's the least likely is Lumberjacks. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, but I'm saying our RuneScape players would they respect lumberjacks? They're like, wow, like that guy really went out there and cut down all those trees. Okay, like, yeah, this shit the other way but, around. But anyways, you know, it does. <laughs> Back to Bionicle, and it's something that I actually really want to talk about is the Coley game because we, I, mm. as it's obvious from the podcast, it's probably my biggest point of contention with this movie. The Coley game that Teradex challenged Takanuva. Two was something of a callback to a flash game in which you played as Pohatu, the toe of stone, kicking coley balls at pillars in a cave with a big scorpion in it to cause a cave-in. Fans who had played that game easily picked up that the pillars of the chamber were the goalposts, as it were, which again is like way too subtle a reference, way too obscure a thing, and just makes the end product confusing. Yep, that's Great. correct. that's cool i guess that there is a reason for it but uh i guess we didn't do the required reading or required flash game playing uh Mm. to understand that scene fully what a shame i do like coley a lot though uh continuing on the email coley was originally based on soccer but it was changed to lacrosse for some reason but in universe it was because matorin had been getting sick from touching the balls which I think is kind of weird. But I, I think, and it's later mentioned that it's because one of the Matoran was like betraying them and poisoning them. this was the, the best way? Right? In the ones and twos? <laughs> yeah. Poisoning them? I, I, and, they, and they figured it out. And now they're playing lacrosse. <laughs> it wasn't very effective. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> Coley is usually played between two parties, either single players or two-person teams, but three-way ceremonial games are held as tournament finals, of which the game in this movie is one of, which they don't clarify in the movie. There's just so much they don't have to put in the movie. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that is confusing. And also, how frustrating would that be to play? Like, let's just put it in the context of American football. Like, you do American football where it's one team against one team for the whole season, find out the best three teams and then have them all play each other at the same time a whole new game like that's Mm. the amount of opponents that you have like okay i'll put it in a simpler like one-on-ones like imagine boxing and you fight everybody and then the heavyweight title match is between you and two other guys like you have to the three-way free-for-all 
Yeah, okay, but how, how do you... I don't know. I think there's a certain appeal to making the championship a different... Like, slightly different than the standard play. Because it, it gives an advantage to the champion. Because they've already played the different version? Yeah. Okay, I could see it that way. But I also... As an avid sports fan, totally disagree. What's the point of playing the other? <laughs> what's the other games worth if you're going to change the game for the championship? You know, the ultimate showdown. I guess so. Uh, movie trivia. I did, which I uh, I have watched an episode of, which I do enjoy. Um, yeah, the, 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 they have during the championship rounds. They have five rounds instead of three. It gives an advantage to the champions. Well, that so, but but it, it doesn't introduce a third competitor, right? Sometimes they have three way matches. Well. We could go on and on about this. I think that changing the game, you, you find out who the champion is of the three-way game, but not of the two-way game. So what was the point of playing all the iterations of the two-way game? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's not important. Like, the only important thing that matters is who wins. I guess. Anyways, I, I, I'm going to agree to disagree here because I think you're that... You're just not used to it. I think it's an interesting idea. It's, you're, you're, you're the champion of a different game than of the original game. Especially because mm. they don't clarify mm. how you win the three-way game. <laughs> you, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> we went over that, too. So, anyways, I guess That's interesting. we need more information here. But okay. let's, let's, we've got a lot to get through, so let's, let's keep rolling here. Yeah, um, okay. next part. Um, yeah. It's implied, I guess, that Takua's never, never maneuver was all wrong for a Matoran, but now that he's a Toa-shaped, it works all good. I like this a lot. I thought that was actually pretty interesting. Because, like, Takua's... Uh, original move when he was trying it as a Matoran just didn't work and now that he's like grown as a person like literally and, phys- and physically he uh, he can actually pull this off so that's I think that's kind of cool actually yeah it makes a lot of sense did you feel like it was implied no I didn't feel like it was implied either but it does make sense and I think it's, and it does make sense and I like I like that I wish they kind of had stressed that a little bit more but I hey. did I enjoyed that um I enjoyed that throwback or callback to the beginning of the movie more than I enjoyed the could have been, but I'm but not. But I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, okay. The novelization of the movie calls the pool the guys fall in mercury. The pool that they fall in at the end, the shiny plot resolution liquid. They, mm-hmm. they called that mercury. But all other sources refer to it as energized protodermis, which is the same goo the Toa fell in in 2002 and apparently just does weird stuff to whatever you expose it to and this is what happens when a toa falls inside it with satan apparently which satan is uh the makuta in this situation teradax right and yeah so then they become one i don't think this is back to the email i don't think i've ever heard anybody connect the random swole boy being out of being made out of the guys as being representative of, as of Lego as a whole. And I feel so dumb for not having realized that myself all this time. Wow. Good job. There you go, Joey. Get a, uh, you get a thumbs up. Another gold star for me. That was, yeah. I already feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Moving on the door that swole boy, which is the, the combo person. I think we've established yeah, that's uh, who. Ta- Takakuda. What's his name? Ta- that Takakua. <laughs> Takanuva. Is that okay? The door that Swole Boy lifts up is apparently the heaviest thing in the universe. And Swole Boy is officially considered to be one of the physically strongest entities to exist within the universe. Hence, why he existed just to hold open a door. Why did they write this this way? Why? Now, okay. I don't think that having the most that that him being the most physically strong entity in the universe, I don't think that's preposterous. I think that's pretty cool. It kind of makes sense. You've got basically Satan of this universe combining with the seventh Toa. So yeah, he should, you know, making him the upper limit of strength isn't really uh, out of the question. What is out of the question is expecting us to just know that because like that that door. <laughs> There's nothing said about that door. So how do we know that's even that heavy? How do we know that yeah. you can't just break through it with like someone else's powers? And the it, lighting in that in that room is like really poor to the point where you don't even realize there is a door, really. Yeah. I mean Yeah. I no, yeah, none of that none of that is like explained at all. And uh, yeah, but I don't I totally agree with her statement at the end. Like why did they why even make this a situation, you know? Like, if, like the, oh. if they had talked about it, if they had been like, this door, like, 
like if if the Makuta was like, I can never let this door be opened. Like I this I've yeah. I've sealed this pathway with or, the most. Or if he had said like, even if you get past me, this door will never open for you. It's too heavy. Or like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know something like it wasn't right. a door, like it was a wall to break through or something. Yeah. Or if they found a reason to that they needed to get through it, and or they used like their pa- combined powers to do it. Instead, they just like, oh, we have raw strength now. We well, it's it, they don't even say that we have it. We just it just happens, and so it, it leaves so much to be assumed that it it obviously can easily be missed. It's like just like we missed it. We were like, why? <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. The strongest ever. The strongest. Ever. All right, back to the email. There are consequences to. Oh, this is the name Taku Tanuva. Am mm. I saying that right? Can we agree yes. on that? Taku Tanuva. I'm gonna go with yes. Okay. There are consequences to Taku Tanuva getting smashed by a door, but none that are felt in any of the first three movies. Apparently, smashing Taku Tanuva restored his component guys, with pterodactyls later being revealed to have been a sentient mass of hate gas. <laughs> And therefore, not having a physical form to revert to because smashing Taku Tanuva restored Taku Tanuva, but doesn't restore Pterodax's armor because the armor wasn't alive. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> I, all I'm getting is that <laughs> Pterodax became a sentient mass of hate gas. So That's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like the way that they... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, props to the Joe for putting this all together. She did a great job. Yes. Of all the like allusions and everything. Yeah. Not making not making it too technical. Is it re- relying basically on the on the knowledge that we already had, so. Right, right. Um <laughs> Okay, Takushin or not no, uh Teradax converts himself from gas to liquid later, so some spiky boys can use him to fill their super soakers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not relevant right now, but yeah, there were consequences, just not in any movie, and certainly not this one. And they don't really make much sense on paper. There, it's difficult to even like joke about this right now because we're we're reaching such levels of obscurity that like I can't tell what's <laughs> real and what's just like totally made up. I know, <laughs> but no, I I think I remember this. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I know the spiky boys. <laughs> well, right, and it makes sense that because uh, wait, are the spiky boys more bad guys later on? Kind of like the Rakshi. Yes. So it would make sense because he he also gave like life to the Rakshi. So you know wh- why not have some sentient hate gas between become liquid? You know that's not too far from. No, just condensing reality. It, yeah. yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what the like. Um, ah oh, man. <laughs> 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 there's definitely a thermodynamics joke in there somewhere oh my know. gosh there's so many jokes <laughs> sentient mass of, hey, i'll show you some a sentient mass of hate gas after thanksgiving yesterday <laughs> ah it's low-hanging fruit um <laughs> okay moving forward magnetism is later established as an element that matorin toa turaga etc can have and it's associated with the exact same colors as Earth. Weird bit of prophetic foresight there, thinking Onua was magnets. So hear that, Joey? I'm a prophet. You sure are. <laughs> Chocolate up I, for me. I almost feel like a gold star isn't good enough. I should give you like a like a tablet or something with ten rules written on it. Well, <laughs> and I'll uh, and I will lead the Matoran to a, to a uh, promised a land. life. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, but the the praise is not for me alone because Liwa's element was actually changed from air to jungle in the reboot, same as before. Weird bit of prophetic foresight on your part, Joey. All right, I'll take it. So <laughs> <laughs> they were gonna change this uh, podcast from Apple Chat to just testify, and with <laughs> our two prophets who will be dropping knowledge that we've. Uh, <laughs> That won't be appreciated for years to come. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, boy, this one has really gone off the rails. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it. Let's let's just keep on going. The word element refers to pieces of a whole, and mythology and science interpret this differently. In mythology, not just bionicles, but like uh, real mythology, an 
element is an aspect of the universe that can be easily observed or interacted with, i.e. fire, water, earth, air, light, dark, magnets. <laughs> Science defines an element as one of the tiny thingies that go together to make the big thingies. So while I obviously accept the scientific as correct, it's not inaccurate to say light is an element. It's just kind of dumb. So I guess the, the thingies that make up other thingies, that's like the periodic table of elements, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is that dumb. Actually, I think this is kind of interesting because it uses both definitions of element, right? Because like on one side, it's like element as in like the, like the ancient Greeks described it as like the four elements, uh-huh. right? Um, and then there's like element as in like a piece of a whole, and like the barnacles are supposed to be like this unified force that's like, you know, and all their powers cross over and stuff and they're supposed to combine into bigger bionicles and, and all that, you know? So like both of those work, like they're one part, one part, they're like the elements of nature as we used to understand it. And then now it's like parts of a bigger piece. So yeah, I think that's actually pretty interesting. I agree. I'm, uh, I mean, is light a, uh, Ah oh, man, I'm gonna show my igno- like how much I forgot my chemistry class. What is light? Is light just a proton? I'm uh, should I even? <laughs> no, let's leave it in the past. Light is either is a particle and a wave. Right, I remember that. <laughs> it's made up of photons. Photons, that's right. Uh, no, yeah. but I, no, I'm I'm cutting it off there because I'm gonna reveal too much about what I've forgotten. <laughs> from college so let's keep it going i was writing back to the email i was writing these notes in chronological order though the pod uh, through the podcast which dude like how how uh, uh like how awesome is how it that someone was taking this? yeah well it's like someone was taking notes during our podcast i'm so flattered um <laughs> even though it is to say all this stuff we got wrong um i'll I was writing these notes in chronological order through the podcast, but there's so much stuff in this franchise that's impossible to get right that I forgot to comment on one earlier. You discussed that the different biomes being so clearly divided on Matanui make no sense. It is later established and not even a retcon. (laughs) This was apparently in the production Bible for 10 whole years and they managed to keep it secret. But the island of Matanui is a result of a corruption to Matanui the Great Spirit's camouflage protocols. It turns out Matanui was a giant robot the whole time. <laughs> and when Teradex put him to sleep, he basically grew an island with nonsensical biomes all over his face as facial hair. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think they should have retconned it <laughs> into something better. Wow. Instead of sitting on this for 10 years and being like, this is our thing. Yeah, there's too much here. It's just, this. I mean, okay. Uh, it just makes me more confused because, like, Matanui was the Great Spirit, right? Right. Then they named the island Matanui. Turns out that the island named Matanui was really Matanui. It literally is him. Does he ever wake up and like, you know, smile, and then like half the world gets swallowed up into his mouth? Well, is that why he has to be kept asleep? Like all that movement will just wreck but why all the are they biomes. Are trying to wake them up then? Well, they don't. They think that he's. Uh, it's the prophecy, right? I mean, that would be pretty interesting if, like, the prophecy was to the end of the prophecy was to fulfill their own demise. Well, they have to, or else they're all just going to become a bunch of oldsters, right? They have to have something that destroys them, or else they're all going to get stuck in that third stage. Now, okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm catching on now. So originally <laughs> i'm not <laughs> you're leaving me behind originally matanui was uh well okay I, I i don't know if it was originally but teradex put him to sleep because he's like if you're alive and everyone living on your face will die so he put him to sleep and then the prophecy is to wake him back up and teradex was actually a good guy the whole time and the barnacles are racing towards their own doom by ma- waking him up now i understand <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you understand. Actually, none of that's true. Uh, the next part of the email is, is actually expands on Teradax's motivation. So Teradax's motivation throughout the franchise is that he wants to rule the Matorans universe. And what they refer to as the universe is a giant robot that they live inside, which we kind of just got. Oh, they live inside. 
thought it was just on his face. So to rule the universe, he has to keep the robot asleep. It doesn't really know what they're doing with his motivation in the movie here. It really doesn't fit. Oh, I don't really know what they're doing with his motivation in the movie here. It doesn't really fit. Um, yeah, I guess I, like, my own perspective on this back in the podcast was I kind of just took his word for it. You know, he said he has to keep Matanui asleep to prevent his suffering, but obviously he could have just been saying that, right? Like, I guess... Yeah, but we have no other evidence for anything else. Well, he could just be like, I actually want to rule over you. I guess, why wouldn't he just say that? You know, he's about to destroy them anyways, or he's attempting to and at that point in the movie, so... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more on Teradax. Uh, Teradax was wearing a mask also. Ta- Takanova didn't tear his face off. And that's right. I-, I understood that, but I think saying tearing off his face is a lot funnier. Uh, yes. The mask of shadows, the mask he was wearing, serves no... Oh, sorry. It's, it's called Kraken. I yes. guess. <laughs> yeah. Serves no real purpose for a being that already has powers over shadow it is like a ceremonial uh it has ceremonial value to makuta i guess um okay huh Hmm. i I look at this as kind of like uh donald trump wearing a maga hat like it's still the same message if he's just donald trump like it's synonymous with who he is uh okay so he can he can he can he can be independent of the mask and still be like the shadow master. Yes. It, it's like, uh, Teradex, not Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. It doesn't, it doesn't have any sort of, like he'd be the same, just as powerful without it. I think it's just like a physical embodiment of what he is. Um, okay. Moving forward. Okay. As, as I tweeted, this is from the email. So this is as Josephina tweeted. There was a Flash game depicting Coley in addition to the PC game you did mention. And yes, I saw this tweet. I clicked on the link and I was a little bit scared because it said that my like the the destination wasn't secure, so I didn't pursue it. Like I <laughs> I didn't play it. Good choice. As much as I'd like to. It just looked like a sketchy site. So, I'm sure you're listening to this. Let me know if it, if it's cool to go on that website or if it's like sketchy. <laughs> send me more shady links, please. Yeah, or send me one that's not shady. DM me your shady links. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyone else who has shady links, though, definitely send those to the Apple Chat DM. Um, oh, here's an interesting one, Joey. Uh, the back of the mask says Technic Organic adds one destiny. And we had some confusion about what that fourth I don't, word was. I don't see... It just doesn't make any more sense to me than... <laughs> Like I don't, th- I don't think this clears anything up for me. What does technic I mean, mean? Technic is the name of like a brand of Lego. I guess that's not a good way of explaining it. But it, but it, you know, like, ah, man, uh, you know how they have like those like those beams and axles and stuff, and like the ones that are like they're like there's a uh, those pieces of Legos that are like have little holes in them. Yeah, and they don't have studs on them. They just they're just like long pieces with holes on them. Those are like the Technic pieces. Okay, so Technic Organic adds one destiny. Is that like supposed, supposed to add them together? Yeah, like you you combine Technic with Organic, and then you add, now it has a destiny. Like now there's that's like a. I I mean the destiny is definitely part of the whole Bionicle thing about like yeah that's like kind of one of their themes. Their technic, well, yeah, I think Technic's supposed to be like robotics, like robotic and organic. But, like, if this is an equation, they put it in the wrong order. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's archaic, right? Maybe the language is different back then. It's clearly not what they say it is in the movie. In the movie, they're like, they have all these instructions. They're like, it will shine on the Herald, and, like, and it will also shine toward the new Toa. And it will lead you there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right, let's keep, let's push onward. Um, Also, just at this point, like, how crazy long is this email? Like, uh, this is like crazy uh, level of effort, which is why we felt like we needed to do a whole podcast on it because we didn't, we didn't want this effort to go to waste. So um, even though we're spending a lot of time on Bionicle, we appreciate this kind of feedback from the community. Uh, 
Yes, let's move forward. So the ch- the concept of free will, this kind of goes along with that. Wait, 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 I want to talk about this first, okay? Okay. All the Legos movies and video games are full of cross-references to each other, just not current Lego movies. Um, but for whatever reason, Bionicle and similar toy lines are largely kept separate. That's actually... That, that's sort of true, although there is a reference to Bionicle in the Lego movie. Briefly, um, they... They mentioned, like, they were going through all the different worlds. They're like, oh, future world, western world, you know, whatever. Wonder water world. And then they're like, and there's a bunch of other ones we don't have to talk about. And they flash through a bunch, and one of them is Bionicle. Nice. So Bionicle is, is not explicitly mentioned, but is referenced in at least one other modern Lego movie. I think they deserve it. After spending a little more time with this lore, I feel like it's definitely a big chapter in the Lego chronology. I don't blame them for trying to forget it. <laughs> Okay, the concept of choice and free will as it relates to Bionicle is really bad, but essentially it refers to the choice to follow one's assigned purpose or to, like, not. The franchise toys with the idea of characters turning bad that aren't supposed to be bad doesn't really commit. The reason the soccer balls I mentioned were turning the Matoran sick was because one Matoran had chosen to side with the Makuta and was poisoning the balls. He was going to be made into a Toa of Shadow later and become a major villain, but they, like, didn't do that for some reason. So, again, like, it's like a different take on free will, right? It's like you have the choice to either do your destiny or not. But it kind of implies that your destiny is the right choice. So it's yeah, like... It, well, it kind of implies there's only one way to go. One, one right? Well, one way to go or, like fail like do go, the, anything else is like not living up to your potential yeah. or not living up yeah, to your yeah, destiny yeah. yeah that's exactly what i mean so yeah i just don't like this concept i don't like the concept of fate and the concept of destiny and i don't know i think that would have been cool if they had played with it more maybe i don't know like i mean it's been a long time since i've read any of those comic books but if they had kind of taken this idea that she presents right here and kind of expanded on that a little bit and been like oh, uh, he, like, betrayed the Matoran and everything, but it turns out that was his destiny all along. Oh. This was gonna, um, you know, create a new, like, an, a need for a new breed of Bionicle heroes, um, and, and they're gonna save the world from an even greater threat once they destreat, d- defeat this guy, you know, like, I don't know, like, you can, I feel like there's creative ways to make that happen and, like, make it really trippy, but um, this doesn't. So. Yes, that is, yeah, for some reason, whatever reason. Uh, Okay, moving forward. We're getting close to the end here. The word Bionicle doesn't refer to any character or species and is, in fact, a portmanteo, is that how you say it? I think so. Of Bionic, or sorry, Biological and Chronicle. So when you refer to a Bionicle, what is that? Is there a Bionicle? There's no, it's like a... This is the way of the Bionicle. <laughs> That's what they say at the end of the movie. <laughs> so, is that like the Force, you know? Like, that's the way of the Force, you know? It's like just some external, like, aura that affects things. I don't or... know. Like, it's like the name of their history. Um, so, <laughs> well, because growing up... <laughs> Growing up, I always, I was like, I want to play with Bionicles. Here, I, now I'm seven. Every I, single set has Bionicle on it. I have a this, Bionicle this, here. This movie says Bionicle before it even says Mask of Light. So you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> that's what they're called. <laughs> but they're not, like, a Toa isn't a Bionicle, right? Well, I guess it's the same way that, like, Lego is... Like in, in like Lego Batman or Lego movie, you know? It's like... Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know how to describe that. It's like matter. Right, right. No, I get that, though. It's like Bionicle is to this world as like Legos are to Legos, I guess. It's like a... It's almost like a, a version of reality. It's like yeah. this is the Lego universe is the Bionicle universe. Yeah. Been... <laughs> okay all right Glad we threw that well out. <laughs> yeah and continuing on that the cylindrical packaging the bionicle toys 
come in are called canisters, and it is, in fact, part of the canon. Do you have any experience with this, Joey? You said they said something about just, them washing up on the beach. Yeah, they wash up in little canisters. And like I remember in like the uh what was it called? Like the um teasers and stuff, like when they were teasing a new franchise or anything, they would show the canisters in like a new location. Oh and that's cool. Like, oh what's coming out of those? Do they come out fully built or do they come with like a big old instructions pamphlet that the Matoran have to, how to answer that question. have to go through? <laughs> And the Matoran that aren't seven yet can't participate. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. Uh, moving along. All right. Lego was originally so adamantly against violence, they didn't even cast most parts in gray, so, uh, so people couldn't make tanks. So their first castle set was made with yellow bricks. Fast forward like 70 years, Star Wars Rogue One had a just a straight up normal tank in it and lego made it a set i joked with the riley hop i joked with the riley hopkins host of alien happy hours bed bath and bionicle which we actually we did we checked out a little bit we listened to i listened to an episode a short podcast yeah yeah um that they're probably haunting haunted by the angry ghost of their founder now so Lego has become. Oh, this is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, essentially, Lego has become more violent as the years go on, and maybe the original I, founder. Uh, I would, I would not say that. Um, like, I guess you're implying violence by having like weapons in your like stuff. Uh huh. But all you're doing is like accurately portraying the things that are already violent. I guess. Like, I don't see this as encouraging violence. Okay, no, I, I get that. You know, like, the same way that toy guns don't necessarily imply violence. Yeah. Uh, I, hope you're hap- I hope you're prepared to be haunted. <laughs> because it sounds like you're, you're like some of these late-stage Lego people. Um, but, no, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's like giving the Rogue One, whatever, stormtroopers, guns that look like guns, is basically the same thing as the old stormtroopers that used to have backwards megaphones with the stud on the end like you could just make your own guns if you that's what you wanted to do right you're still imagining that they are just like you do with everything else with every other lego so i don't know like i don't think that it like having or seeing guns or having toy guns necessarily encourages violence between people it's all about like it's, it's just a tool like anything else like these are just tiny little plastic things. You can use them however you like. You don't have to use them. You know? Right. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, but shout out the Riley Hopkins. <laughs> uh, anyways, the all-female Bionicle reboot was a joke, however awesome that would be, which... Which is a shame. It, I guess it's a shame. The guy, um, I tweeted at him before we made that episode, and he tweeted back at me and said that it's actually confirmed, but he didn't... All he said it was... Like, he just doubled down and said it was confirmed. So it's not like he actually uh, proved it to well, me. Yeah, wouldn't, isn't that exactly what you would do if someone challenged you on your all-female all bio? Yeah, especially on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> it was, um, yeah. yeah at, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> at Epic Factoids. <laughs> of course he's going to double down or else he's, you know. Yeah, you're challenging his credibility. Yeah. <laughs> He said Better it was confirmed by Niels B. Christensen and the Lego Group's creative board. And he even gave me license. He said, feel free to talk about it on your podcast. So we talked about it. Yeah, we talked. He's wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, epic <laughs> factoids. Um, all right. The Bionicle community wages wars over whether BS01 is better or Bionicle Wikia slash fandom.com is better. And. Josephina just says for reference, she yeah, is fandom is the one that I was referencing in the last podcast. So have you heard of BS01? <laughs> Not until uh, she sent this email. Did you check it out? No. I def- I didn't even check out fandom, dude. I've already had my fill of Bionicle's lore. Um, but yeah, she said uh, that she is friends with the big boy at BS01. So yeah, she, she mentioned him earlier. So she's Bionicle Sector 1. Yes. Oh, Bionicle Sector. I guess that makes sense. And uh, I guess those are the two main communities for Bionicle lore. Hopefully none of them find this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it's got pictures and everything. It's cool. Okay, so we're getting close to the end here. So let's just try to get through this. Um, Joey surprisingly pronounced all the words correctly in that excerpt he read about the Balrog as far as she could tell. Good job. Heaping more praise on Joey. One more gold star for me. Yes. I'm racking him up. And uh, all right, to finish it off, this is the end of the email. She says, it took me four hours to write all this. Why did you ask for this? I was joking when I said you got a lot wrong. Of course you got a lot wrong. Look at this. Look at all this. You asked for this. And uh, and I just want to express my my thanks to Josefina for sitting down and writing all this. We really appreciate you yeah, uh, engaging Yeah, she did a great job. I mean, yeah, she says uh, she didn't run, carry around a spell check, but you actually spelled almost everything right and hardly any grammar mistakes, so... Hey, good job. Yeah, big ups to Josefina, um, especially because you are obviously are so involved with the Barnacle community. I appreciate you reaching out to outsiders like us who clearly don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really appreciate that. Yes. Joey, I see you have one more thing highlighted down here. That's all I had. Oh, okay. Well, um, so there you have it. We went through it. Josefina, thanks again for reaching out to us, sending us this email. We really enjoyed reading this and going through it. Uh, we, we're also kind of doing this to prove that we do read our, uh, our emails and ev- basically every interaction we've ever had, we've, we try to reply to. Um, this one went above and beyond, but we even enjoy the simple kind of stuff. Uh, another one we want to mention is that last week we got an email from our one of our listeners, Parker, and he said, I love you. And you know what, Parker, we love you too. Uh, and we appreciate your email. So <laughs> uh, I think that wraps up our uh, mailbag episode here. I think that we can call it a mailbag episode. Yeah. All we did was talk about our mail, mostly Bionicle, but it's in the mail. Um so yeah, that does it. We'll be back um, on our regularly kind of scheduled stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have another episode coming out before this Thanksgiving break is over. Um, so And it'll be on Arrival, one of the movies that was requested. So we'll get right on that. Uh, but I think this episode is over. So for Apple Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to Apple Chat. You can find us on iTunes, Google, or your favorite podcast app. If you want to help us grow the podcast, share it, rate us five stars, and or write us a review. It really helps. Have a comment about something we said? Tweet at us at AffableChat or write us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Check the description for links to any of the outside topics we discussed. And once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.